Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. It's 410, 84 degrees and sunny outside. All I can tell you, Jake, is next week's promo is going to be lit. That's all I can say. Next week's promo is going to be lit. See what we will do there. Scorcher. Yep. <laughs> You can uh, call a Texas show at 5708830098. I got to catch up with a lot of things I wanted to discuss in the first half, but uh Luciano's been holding for a while. So let me Luciano on illegal immigration. How are you today, Luciano? Thank you, Rob, for taking my call. What I say may be disturbing, but I I, I all three of you are great talk show hosts, but uh, all three of you in my opinion are slightly uh soft on illegal. Not as much as me. I'm hardcore. I'm from a I'm from Philadelphia. You, were you born in New York City, first of all? So I'm going to attack, uh, criticize New York. I was born in Philadelphia. <laughs> yes, and, I was. And my, I was born in New York City. Born in I was. Go ahead, please. I was born in New, York, born City, in New York City, but uh, I am not soft on the border. I was actually at the border uh, doing some enforcement a couple of years ago when it all first started. I was actually there, saw Excellent. it firsthand. Uh, I am in constant contact with ranchers, friends of mine in New Mexico who are dealing with it. And um, I, I think we're actually going to be talking on a little bit later on some other things that are happening at the border because uh, we're catching and releasing people on our terrorist list that uh, they're saying, uh, oops, you know, we didn't get the information back in time before we released them into the country. And our northern border is actually more people on the terror watch list have come in from the northern border than the southern border, if you believe that, Luciano. I agree. I, I've, I've researched and studied this and marched against illegal immigration in California, and half my family lives in Arlington, Texas. So I got roots in the Spanish country and Arlington and Philly. And so I know exactly. I've been marching in Philly against illegal immigration. I've been marching in California, Santa Monica, Venice for 20-plus years. We used to belong to an organization called You Don't Speak For Us in Phoenix, Arizona, but uh, it was firebombed about 20 years ago. Uh, this was a Latino a uh, Hispanic organization that was opposed to this mass illegal uh, illegal immigration, but um, I've been uh, I've been following what's happening in New York City and in Boston. It's happening. It's going to happen throughout this country. We're we're very close to going down like the, like Titanic. Uh, if we get in Joe Biden, you might as well kiss this country goodbye because we're going to a point of no return when it comes to this mass illegal immigration. I was uh, listening to. Uh, Tony Sliwa, is that his name from New York City? Sliwa, yeah. Yes, he's a protesting to this week against, uh, uh, help me, Adams, the mayor of, the black mayor Adams of, of New York yeah. City. Eric he's Adams, He's running correct. against him. Eric, thank you. He's running against him in his in next next term. He has a sign with other 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 uh, residents of New York City saying one term uh, Adams, and they call him. They call him, where's the money, Adams? And um, this is Tony Sleva. He's uh, heavily opposed. Illegals are invading New York City. They're everywhere. They're living in Philadelphia, South Philly, West Philly, living on the pavements and streets and, 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 and everywhere. They're, they're being in, it's absolutely incredible with this mass illegal. And, yes, it's, it's the elephant in the room. I call it, my sister calls it, the great white. In, in the in the ocean because uh, people a lot of unfortunately blacks and whites do not know the terrible situation we're in when with this mass illegal invasion and uh it's absolutely going to affect us in the next 
10 to 15 years. There's a mass uh, evangelical movement that's going to follow Donald Trump. I'm going to hold my nose and follow and and vote for Donald Trump, just like my sisters and brothers, most of them, are going to hold their noses and, and other Chicanos. Because Joe Biden, if we get Joe Biden in the next four more years, you might as well kiss this country goodbye, uh, Rob. I, I hear what you're saying, Luciano, and, and I get it. What a lot of people don't understand across America is, is our, our Latin Americans, people from all different countries, be it South America, be it the Caribbean, be it wherever they're from, Dominican Republic, Mexico, uh, Puerto Rico, who, you know, wherever they they are against this illegal immigration this mass influx more than anyone because their families you know with the exception of puerto rico came here legally their their families waited on the list waited for years did what they needed to do um and and now they see that there's just this free flow that's unfair to them and they feel slighted the most Bob, unfair. It's it's a tragedy. And 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 Tony Sleva, he's he's uh, protesting. They have him Saturday night protesting with. They're putting illegals in in seat. They're going to try to put them in certain places in Staten Island, wherever that's at, and and, and uh, others uh, nursing homes and places like that. And uh, it's incredible what this uh, mayor Mayor Adams is is doing to the. Uh, they're costing. Um, they're costing New York City and Boston and Philadelphia billions of dollars each month to house them, feed them, clothe them. Uh, I talked and, about and that on absolute. I talked about that on Thursday, Luciano. New York City is spending ten percent of its entire budget on illegal migrants, and that's a billion dollars more than the NYPD's total budget for the year, which is ten million. They're and, spending between eleven and twelve billion dollars. And the NYPD budget is about $10 billion. So other things are going to suffer. Every single agency, every single department in New York City, from the Department of Education to sanitation to corrections to the police department to to hospitals, hospitals, every single agency and department in New York City will have to do with less because 10% of the entire New York City budget is being used for illegal migration. Luciano, we're going to have to leave it there. I appreciate your call, my friend. Thank you. Have a pleasant night. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. I wanted to touch on this and just to let the parents out there who are going to have college age or do have college age kids or family members, you might want to tell them they're revamping the FAFSA form and it's already been approved for next school year. Not this year, not the 2023, 2024. If you've already done your FAFSA, it's good for the next time. You're going to have to do it. The 2024, 2025 school year. The long-awaited, supposedly user-friendly version of the college financial aid form known as FAFSA will be unveiled. Now, it's a new, more streamlined, supposedly simplified process online. You're still going to have to, you know, apply for that uh, U.S. EDU uh, Department of Education uh, login to get onto it. It's it's all going to be the same there. What's the main thing they're saying? They're saying that they're streamlining a lot of it. It'll also be able to pull the information from the IRS like it has in the past. So all you do is sign in, give it permission, and they can get your your tax information direct from the IRS for both the student and the parents. But the big thing here is you're losing the discount for multiple kids in college. So if you, in the past, where if you had one or two or three kids in college, you know, that was taken into consideration and you were given more aid because you're paying more tuitions in college. So they figure, you know, okay, one school, you know, one person in college is costing you anywhere between twenty and $50,000 a year. Um, 
you know, two kids are now costing you between 40 and 100 and three kids. But that discount is not being added into the new equation. So uh, it says normally in recent years, the online form becomes available October 1st. This won't be available till sometime in December, the uh, federal student aid office said. Shortens the time many students will have to complete the form and meet state priority filing deadlines, which begin early the next year. Many states uh, attribute aid on a first-come, first-served basis. So you're going to want to know that they're revamping the FAFSA system for not this year, the 2023-2024, but next year, 2024-2025. It'll be more streamlined. It'll be later, and you'll have less time to file it, so make sure both your college students and you are aware of that. And it appears that in this new equation that they're using to format, they're taking away any discounts or any increase in aid that you would get for having multiple kids in college. That was the one big thing that where uh, that uh, you'll have to take into consideration. So, uh, you know, I'm just looking through the form now. as far as deadlines and, and such go. But you can just Google, you know, the new FAFSA form for 2024-2025. It's still, it'll still be in the same location, everything. They're just streamlining it, supposedly simplifying the process to apply for college age. But in this new equation, like I said, having multiple kids in college will not be a benefit as far as getting more aid, getting more grants, getting more anything like that. It'll just be taken into consideration um, on, on the back end. I'm trying to see... You'll need to have your federal student ID, which if you're filling out your FAFSA now, you probably have. And again, no, these changes do not affect your 2023-2024, which became available October of 2022 is when that opened to do your FAFSA again. So just a heads up that if you have college-age students or will have college-age students for the next school year, 2024-2025, there will be a new FAFSA system coming online where it's normally hits the online portal opens October 1st. It'll be sometime in December to launch this new system. So you'll have less time, probably two months less time than you normally would to get your FAFSA done. And again, your, your state colleges, all your colleges uh, depend on that FAFSA information to do their own arrangements on what you need, what you don't need, what kind of grants they can give you and such like that. So just be aware Maybe put a post-it on your refrigerator that new fast for next year because having two people in college, uh, I know uh, real quick how it comes along, that FAFSA. You know, my, my daughter will email me, hey, you got to do your end of the FAFSA. Um, it's due like tomorrow because uh, that's usually how long she waits to, to give me a heads up. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, the middle one doesn't need the FAFSA completed anymore uh, because she's at a service academy. So yay me. It's... Uh, 421 here. Time for traffic and weather. How was your weekend, Nikki? It was fantastic. Yes. It really does. I look tired, I know. I look like I haven't gotten any sleep, but that's what happens when you uh, go out to the rock shows, you know? A really good show in Bloomsburg. How about you? 
It was good. It was good. Yeah. I, I was Lake, spent the day on Lake George on Friday Ragger. all day. Yeah, where I and wanted to be. Yeah. Saturday <laughs> was at Saratoga Racetrack all day. That's nice. And then Sunday had a nice you know, breakfast with friends, packed up, and uh, headed home. That was my yeah. Sunday. I spent it with my sister and my niece, and, and uh, it was nice. And then I saw a friend for a little bit of a, a what I might call a brunch. <laughs> and... um. Went back to see my parents uh, at my sister's house, so it was a good afternoon. It was a good Sunday afternoon, but I am tired. Yeah, you know, I was on my feet all day. And then I got home Sunday. Probably we got home about three thirty Sunday afternoon, and I thought I was going to have to change the belt on my zero turn because the belt broke, and I mm. had the new belt, and I just had to do it because I really had to cut the grass. Mm. My my uh, daughter's boyfriend put the new belt on for me, so all I had to do was cut the grass when I got home. Well, it would have been nice if he put the belt on and cut the yeah, grass. Yeah, but... I'm just thankful he put the belt on yeah. because. <laughs> That's probably as far as I would have got that day, just putting the new belt on and not cutting the grass. True, so true. because the belt was on, I cut the grass, and we're all good now. I'm caught Nice. Up. It's nice when they, the kids actually help out. Yes. All right. Are we ready for traffic and weather together? Yeah. All right. This Pentella Data Internet traffic update. Uh, nothing really to report except it's a bit slow go. You're, well, probably crawling 81 northbound above uh, the Waverly area through that construction that's been there forever now. Otherwise, there are no reports of anything major holding you up. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Uh, today, increasing clouds with showers and storms developing late, high 84. Tonight, mostly cloudy with showers and storms, some packing heavy downpours and high winds, low 50. Tuesday, showers and storms clear through morning, then pop-up tea storms in the afternoon, mix of sun and clouds, high 83. Wednesday, becoming sunny, high 80. Thursday, mostly sunny and breezy with afternoon showers, high 85. Currently 84 degrees and partly sunny here at 423 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 427, 84 degrees and partly sunny outside. So are Democratic lawmakers starting to get soft on uh, support for President Biden in the 2024 primary? You have a... Certain Democratic lawmaker inviting colleagues to challenge President Biden in the 2024 primary, saying, take the chance. Representative Dean Phillips of Minnesota said anybody who wants to run to challenge President Biden in the 2024 Democratic nomination should take the chance. He told uh, NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday that he adores Biden but wants him to pass the torch to new leaders. I would like to see a moderate governor, hopefully from a heartland, from one of our four states that the Democrats will need, he said. He continued, anybody who wants to run, Joe Manchin, Cornell West, that's why we have primaries, because uh, it doesn't undermine the likelihood of returning, in this case, a Democrat to the White House. I'm actually inviting, encouraging, to some degree, imploring that people who are ready and know it's probably time to do so, take the chance. So it's an interesting article. If you notice, he didn't mention Robert Kennedy Jr. when he said anybody who wants to run because, uh, you know, he's polling at like 20% against Joe Biden and they're not even allowing, uh, at this point, uh, a debate. So uh, it's interesting now, and I think we have a couple more stories that a lot of top, 
Democrats on committees are starting to put a wedge between kind of throwing Hunter Biden, admitting that he has done criminal things, done very wrong things, but it's not Joe Biden. Joe Biden has nothing to do with it. So they've morphed that stance as far as they've done nothing wrong. There was no conversations whatsoever. Everything's fine and peachy. We don't discuss anything because Hunter Biden's not the president to now admitting, and and we'll read that story a little bit later, admitting that Hunter Biden has done a lot of bad things, criminal things, but uh, is separate from Joe Biden. And then we hear all the information that Joe Biden was not so separate. And uh, that's the double standard that I, I talk about when I say it, how somebody who's willing to overlook that. But when it comes to the other side, you know, they want the full weight and strength of the justice system to come down. And, and I'm fine with either, but let's have a standard. Let's, let's fix, that, fix that standard. But it's interesting that, that Democratic lawmakers are coming out now and saying that, yeah, more people should challenge and we should have a healthy debate. I love Joe Biden, but I think he should pass the torch because his time is done. Is that going to pick up momentum? Is Kamala Harris's vice president going to be the only thing that stalls that? Or are they going to look to run Joe Biden with a different vice president? There's a lot of ifs coming up in this next election. And like I said, the way it's turning out, it's going to be a doozy. If you thought 2016 or 2020 was polarizing, this one's just going to be uh, it's going to be uncharted territory. I mean, to be honest with you, we, we've seen how wacky these elections can get. We've had two of them already. And I think the next one is just going to gonna wreck them in the dust. And I say wreck them very uh, cautiously because uh, I think it's going to take the country with it. The division we have, the hate that's there. You, you hear it on, on this show. The, the, the vitriol sense that politics puts people in. Yeah, I'm all for following politics. I have my beliefs and such like that, but... Jesus, to lose your composure and moral values over it, is is it really worth it? I'd rather forget all about politics than give up those things. But maybe that's just me, but I hope it's not. And again, I, I hear from the good portion of you guys day in and day out, and, and I don't think it is the good portion of us. It's 431 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 437, 84 degrees of partly sunny. That's a song called Stand by a local artist, Nate Hosey, who's been uh, kind enough to let us use it for uh, the point where we honor our heroes who made the ultimate sacrifice across the nation. Eighty police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, one of which from here in Pennsylvania. It's Private John Broski, Pennsylvania Motor Police. Pennsylvania in 1937, was shot and killed while interviewing a witness in a murder case he was investigating. He was performing the interview in a restaurant near Wilkesbury. While inside, two armed men entered and attempted to rob the place. As Private Broski complied with their orders to raise his hands, he was shot in the back with a sawed-off shotgun. He succumbed to his wounds the following day. The two suspects were captured in Philadelphia. Ten days later, they were convicted of Private Broski's murder and sentenced to life in prison on October 5th, 1937. One of the suspects escaped from Eastern Penitentiary on October 27th, 1943, 
Eleven days later, he was shot and killed by state troopers in Chester, Pennsylvania. Private Broski had been with the agency for almost 20 years. He was survived by his wife and three children. Tragic story. Even though he complied, all they wanted to do was kill him. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Joe from Berwick on the Boston Policeman. Joe. Yes, hello, uh, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I, I don't know if I told you since I got back of any of my experience in Boston or not. Um, nope. nope, I don't believe okay, so. Well, okay, well, you know, what happened is we got into the city, and it was my first time down there. And uh, fortunately, the, the people who administer the city are, are smart enough to know that they have to have an area nice and secure for tourists. And I can tell you in downtown Boston, it's very safe, very well lit, no problems walking anywhere. But getting off the thoroughfare, there was about a three-block area where, you know, honest to God, it looked like a third-world country. The homeless had a shanty uh, town built there, and it was just it, it's just unbelievable like that in this country. And as well, uh, when we were getting back on the thoroughfare, right, as we were at a red light, there were people walking up to cars and asking for money, and one guy almost causing accidents. And uh, a, a car path is just called uh, Boston Public Safety something or other, and, it, you know, just just drove by all this and like this is apparently they do allow this and so it's not as bad as san francisco but you know that that whole homeless situation is is just unbelievable but uh before we left the uh red sox game i ran into a couple of police officers there and i i just thought i'd go up to them and ask them hey you know how's uh told them where we were parked at the parking garage and you know what's it what's it like walking through there at night and uh you know i i could tell you uh, enough from dealing with so many law enforcement of all different stripes and agencies and whatnot uh the the, the officers i ran into down there they they were impressive the, these were professional people they were they, they, you know, it's good to see that there are, are people like that still on the force in spite of all the nonsense. I can tell you that. And uh, and at least it is good to see in spite of everything else that a, a major American city like that still does realize it has to keep its downtown safe for tourists. You're not going to have any. Yeah, it makes sense. And you think cities like San Francisco and, uh, you know, past high tourist agency uh, areas uh, would get that hint and they just don't they've destroyed their their tourist infrastructure yeah oh they're yeah they're in bad shape out there in san francisco there and new yeah, york's headed in that direction now doing. new york's headed in that direction now if they don't clean up things quick yeah yeah i imagine they are i imagine they are but like i said it was uh it was just it. it after I, it's just something that stuck in my mind. You know, when I walked up to that guy, that police officer, and saw his response and the way he conducted himself, and I think you would have gotten the same uh, impression too. He, he definitely has some. Uh, I know that they have at least one or two good ones there on the force because I ran into them, and, and uh, you know, thank God for that. You know. Yeah, Boston's always been a good place. I'm I'm really good friends with a. Uh... 
uh, members of their SWAT team. I, you know, I hang out with all the time, and I, I get all the stories from up there. But they, they hold on how they can. You know, they're 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 a great department, and they they've dealt with a lot in their time there, from the Boston bombing to everything else they've dealt with. So it's good to hear that good story, Joe. I appreciate your call. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Thank you. It's uh, 4.42 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Well, thank you very much, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update brought to you by Krispy Kreme of Clark Summit and Scranton. It's pretty calm for a Monday. Not many issues to report. Just that construction, 81 northbound above Waverly, causing a big slowdown. Other than that, it seems like you are good to go. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. It's good to go to now. Yeah, it's good, it's good to go now. It's good. Yeah, go. It's good to go. Go. Just good, good to go. Just go. Oh, I, I'm <laughs> waiting for any visitors. So. <laughs> It's uh, Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Today, increasing clouds with showers and storms, developing late high 84. Tuesday, mostly cloudy with showers and storms, sunpacking heavy downpours and high winds, low 70. Tuesday, showers and storms clear through the morning, then pop-up thunderstorms in the afternoon, mix of sun and clouds, high 83. Wednesday, becoming sunny, high 80. Thursday, mostly sunny and breezy with afternoon showers, high 85. Currently 82 degrees. Now it's saying mostly cloudy at 444 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 448, 82 degrees and mostly cloudy outside. Well, since this new detective joined the Lackawanna County District Attorney's Office earlier this year, he's helped seize about $700,000 worth of narcotics. He's known... He knows that we're going to work. He flips that switch, and he's ready to go, Detective Vince Budzuski said. He's driven, focused, and literally dogged. This is the new canine from the Lackawanna County District Attorney's Office named Kalo. He's a two-year-old Belgian Malinus and a German Shepherd mix. He was paid for by a grant from the U.S. Department of Justice. Kalo is trained, was trained in Michigan, and is certified with the International Police Work Dog Association. Besides sniffing drugs, canine can track people and locate articles, but is not trained for apprehension, said the handler. Uh, I just wanted to give uh, kudos to Kalo, welcome him to Lackawanna County. I'm glad he's getting the recognition he does. The working dogs and working animals in in general don't often get the recognition that they should, um, you know, from the NYPD horses to that that aren't even being used properly anymore because of, you know, politics to uh, our canine units that work everywhere. I I'm happen to be very good friends with canine tra- tra- uh, trainers, canine, canine handlers from around the country. Matter of fact, this weekend I was with two of the most uh, experienced canine handlers in the San Diego Police Department's history. And, um, you know, the, the work that they do when you hear the stories that these, these animals do and the work for law enforcement on behalf of you or I and protecting their partners, being the human officers, protecting the public, tracking public. I, I'm, I'm really good friends with a, um, a bloodhound handler down in Florida who goes all over the south to help recover missing kids and missing people and do phenomenal work. And she's on her second dog now. Macy being her first dog, which is now retired and basking in the pool um, 
in the backyard when when Macy can. But M- Macy uh, was always a great dog, had a great reputation. Even when she brought Macy up to train with the NYPD, everyone knew who Macy was. So I just want to uh, give a shout-out to all our canine handlers out there, mounted units, and anyone who uses a service animal in law enforcement to uh, give you a shout-out and well done. I'd like to get one of them in, not the horse, but I'd like to get one of the canine handlers into the studio here to talk about the, anything they wish to talk about along with their dog. I think it would be, I think I'd get in trouble bringing the horse in here, the mounted unit. Uh, the old sheriff's mounted unit for Lackawanna County, I believe, is up in the park near me now. It's uh, 451 here at WILK. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 454 here at the station. You know, you have lawsuits already. A Hawaiian couple sues the power company in Maui, stating it uh, attributed to the wildfires that devastated devastated part of the island. Uh, 90, 96 people dead now, they're saying. It's just tragic. But, the, you know, there's already lawsuits here. They're still trying to get first responders and help there. But they've already filed lawsuits saying that the, the power company failed to cut power to the above-ground lines knowing that there was a storm possibility and that there would be a high wind probability and they didn't cut power. Now, and, and I, I know that from friends of mine who live in California. Uh, the power company got sued for one of the fires that happened there because a power line went down in the high Santa Ana winds, caught the brush on fire, and, you know, the wildfire started. So they sued the power company, and the power company said, fine. Now, anytime we get a uh, forecast for high winds... We'll preemptively shut everybody's power off, you know, from wherever the winds are going to be to the the urban areas where, where you know, people need electricity. And they do that, and then everyone complains that their power was shut off for no reason because the winds weren't that bad, or, you know, they could have had power and dealt with it, or they could just bury the lines, but I guess that would be too much to ask. But that's the double-edged sword here. So if you're in Hawaii now, anytime there's... A forecast for high winds, even here in our area. If if any time there was a forecast for high winds, which I get at my house all the time, I'm on top of a mountain. Would you like the power company to sh- preemptively shut your power down so the lines couldn't fall and catch fire and cause these brush fires of these areas? Um, it's a tough call, but they're doing that you know already. And one of the other things, speaking to some of the first responders there in some of the chats I'm in, I. I we, we knew somebody that was in Maui. Uh, their fire hydrants failed miserably. They lost charging in all their fire hydrants. They're investigating that issue now. Uh, but they didn't have any water to fight some of these fires. And, you know, it was tragic delays that they're saying now cost at least property damage and, and most likely lives. Because they were there ready to go. They had the apparatus. They were hooked up. And their, their fire hydrants lost pressure and couldn't feed them water to fight this fire. So a lot of these things were just abandoned because uh, they couldn't do their job. They couldn't fight the fire, which is uh, is tragic there. But the you, you have these plaintiffs who, who filed the class affix suit. Their suit is be on behalf of the class and subclasses of all persons similarly situated. The suit targets Hawaiian Electric Industries, which is the parent company of HECO, METCO, and HELCO. The lawsuit accuses the power company of ignoring weather warnings to keep their power lines energized despite the dangerous conditions 
The plaintiffs claim that the companies inexcusably kept their power lines energized during forecasted high fire danger conditions. And again, now that this lawsuit has taken place, it'll most likely be settled or it'll go to court. And and if they find in the plaintiff's behalf, you're going to have a power company now in Hawaii that's going to say, okay, anytime there's a, a storm with high winds, we're shutting the power down. So that's that. I mean, your resorts, your well-to-do people will have their backup generators. We'll be able to run when the power line's cut, when the power is cut off. But your everyday Hawaiian citizens who live in Maui that need their power, that run, you know, simple things that they, they, they need to survive. I mean, I know, you know, I have a backup generator for my house, so it's all good there. But just something as simple as my CPAP machine. No, I can sleep without my CPAP. I'd rather not. It's uh, it's not comfortable to, to not sleep with it now. I depend on it. It's uh, improved my sleep tremendously. So something as simple as that, where you could get battery backups and such like that to run it for a short amount of time. But you have your everyday people just dealing without power. And... If you've ever seen power in, in a larger city, you know, in rural areas, people seem to do very well without their power. I mean, really, the only things I need power for is my deep freezer and my refrigerator. Everything else, you know, pretty much operates as normal. I can deal with lights. I got camping lights. I got, you know, propane lanterns and everything. You know, I'm pretty self-sufficient for a couple, for a while, let's say. But if you've ever seen power go out in an inner city like New York City or Baltimore or even Scranton here, people lose their minds because they are so dependent on the little things that they take for granted all the times. And it's uh, it's just uh, disheartening to see this lawsuit. You, know, you couldn't wait. You couldn't wait a couple weeks. You couldn't wait a month. You had to file the lawsuit now when they haven't even identified 90% of the bodies yet. They said they're too charred to identify. So they're making probable identifications based on where they were found, and DNA testing is going to be needed because the remains are just too too far gone. I just see it in poor taste. On, on, on even the attorney's face, yes, you got okay. Sign the contract for the lawsuit. Tell them we're going to drop it in three months. I just don't get people sometimes. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. We'll be back after these messages.